there was an outlaw motorcycle gang's clubhouse, which is kind of funny for a town in the middle of nowhere. They have a charter out there. I wish the outlaws would change their name to Naughty Boys. It wasn't the outlaws. It was different. They were an outlaw gang, but it wasn't the outlaws. They, they were outlaws, but they weren't the outlaws. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say which gang it was. So they were probably Naughty Boys. They were, yeah, it was the Naughty Boys. Really? You don't want to call them out? Naughty Boys MC. I, dude, I'll tell you right now, whatever motorcycle gang it is, I will fight the entire gang. You know all those bikers are cops, right? No, they're not. They used to be all undercover cops, now they're just all regular cops. Not true. That is. And 45's made up facts. I'll make up whatever I want. It's my show. The left side, that's where the, the biker gang is. That's going to whoop your ass when they hear this podcast. Not me, though, because I didn't disrespect the MC. But I will fuck that motorcycle gang up. When I go in there, I'm going to slap each of their cheeks on the way in. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, we'll just get in a fight on your behalf, even though we have no problem with them. Here, I got something for you. Yeah, what'd you get for me? Because I know you're a man that likes to know things. Mm Mm-hmm. Scent. Oh, shit. You got a video of this. Well, no, but I have a video of my stoop while we were out there having a beer. So So you guys were out front instead of out back? How come you were out front instead of the back? We always hang out out front. Oh, stooping it. We stoop it all the time, man. Share my screen. You can watch this together and we can relive it. Share it up. Yeah, I'm sharing it. Let me me pour some whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're ready, we'll uh, we'll resume. No, resume. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Still light out. Oh shit! These motherfuckers are going off. Wow, is that it? Or does this keep going? Well, if you skip ahead, what's after that is like, people just kind of hang around until the cops come and then everyone gets in their cars and fucking take off like now how close were they to you guys the other side of the playground so not far 300 yards probably we couldn't see anything but it was between 300 yards and like a thousand yards because there were different people going off in different areas you know the top of that hill yes i think that's where they found the guy one of the guys that was bleeding out wow damn so, so that was after I was filming all day for 12 hours, and then I sat out there for like two hours. Well, let's not make it about you. Sorry. it's <laughs> All the chaos uh, mm. subdued, and, you know, the, the police came through, and the ambulances, and all that stuff was extended, you know. So, Mobile crime scene unit. Four people were shot. One yeah. died. Yeah. I, I would estimate what I heard, it sounded like three shooters in different areas, like guns from three different directions. Uh, some teenage girls walking by us were like, I can't believe that guy brought an AR-15 to a picnic. I don't know the reliability of teenage girls, but... Uh, I mean, it's a pretty distinguishable gun, so you probably wouldn't mistake a, you know, a handgun for an AR-15. If I had to guess, there were over a thousand people in the park party on that night. What's crazy is 
three Sundays ago, there was a similar night where for some reason there was like a thousand people in the park partying all night until about 9.30, somebody shot off a bunch of rounds and the police came and there were so many people in the park that day, it took about 40 minutes for them to get the cars out. You know, when you go to like a fireworks display and like the cars file out? Yes. We watched that for like 40 minutes. It was just, there were so many cars in there and it was the same thing on Sunday. But what blew my mind is like, this giant party happens in the park, you have guns going off. And then three weeks later, same exact scenario. Like there were so many people partying in the park that it was obstructing traffic on my street and on the main street. Wow. Now the first time, did anybody die or get shot in that incident? No, all they found were casings. Someone may or may not have gotten shot, but they, they didn't find anyone. They didn't find a victim. Yeah. It's funny because when I was there with you, there was nobody in that park. Maybe some kids playing or whatever, but it was still the end of the winter, you know? It was like February. Yeah. So there wasn't really anybody in the park. Well, it's warm out now. Needles everywhere in that park. Sucks. There's needles some places. No, there was a lot of fuck. <laughs> there was a lot of needles in that park. Some needles, some condoms. I saw at least 40, 50 needles in that park. It's a lot of needles. No, you did not. Yes, I did. You didn't see no 40 or 50 needles. Yeah, I absolutely did see 40 to 50 needles. And that's not, <laughs> and that's not a crazy number, but by the side of uh, where the curbs are, there's needles all over there. There's some needles. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> beyond the needles, when you first sent me that, I was picturing the park as it was when I saw it, which was pretty empty. And I was like, oh man, that sounds like an ambush or, you know, like a dope deal or didn't go right or something like that. So if there was a thousand people in the park, this could have just been a drunken fight. Or you ran into some guys that you had beef with and just got to it. The way I would describe these parties is imagine a concert in the park, but there's no concert. Mm -hmm. But you have like constant streams of just tons and tons of teenagers just going in. Like even after the shooting, people were getting dropped off by their parents and running into the park. That's insane. That's insane. You know what I mean? Like this Sunday and the, the Sunday a few weeks ago are the busiest I've ever seen in the park. And these parties are going, you know, late into the night. Well, not these two in particular, because shooting off rounds. What do you think about it? I mean, you're living there, you're trying to gentrify the neighborhood and get all the poor people out so you can raise the prices, <laughs> and people keep getting shot. Yeah, how do you feel? I mean, is that the first time you've heard shooting in your neighborhood? No. Can't be. No. No. There was a guy that drove by our house and shot through his sunroof. It's as good a place as any. Uh, there was a drive-by... Like three houses down behind me here on that side street. That's when a, a bunch of crackheads were squatting in one of the houses. Somebody drove by and shot it up. Although I think they missed the house entirely because drive-bys are wildly... Inaccurate, yeah. We've probably heard, I don't know, a dozen shootings since we've lived here. We've been here five years. Mm. There's been maybe six homicides in our immediate two or three blocks. Some kids tried to carjack a guy in the parking lot a couple years ago. He was like an ex-cop and he was, I guess he was sleeping in his car and they tried to carjack him and he just blasted one of them without saying a word. Wow. Did he kill him? Oh yeah. Instantly. Shot him dead in the chest. Like high school kid? Like a 15 year old. Yeah. Couple people down at this corner in the back over by Old Major. That street is notorious for like shootings. Yeah. I like Old Major too. So that's too bad. I mean, if you talk to people around here, it's better than it was 10 years ago, but it's worse than it was 20 years ago. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, it sounds like it's about even. Like, it's just consistently... But you have that nice coffee shop now where you can get the blueberry compote on your croissant sandwich, though. <laughs> 
things are looking up. And you have the Air Jordan car. That's how it all comes together. You have hipster coffee. Yeah. Interesting, man. Very interesting. It's a melting pot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. How does it make you feel when you when there's people getting shot in the neighborhood that you bought a house in? A serious question. Like, how does that make you feel? I tell you, for me, it wouldn't make me feel good. Yeah. It probably says a lot that we weren't particularly bothered by it. So I would say you and Kelly are both completely desensitized to gun violence. Like in a way that's, um, I mean, you can only get when you're around it all the time. Like, it's just like, oh, I mean, I think uh, maybe the thing that might put it over the top is if it were to happen, if you were on your stoop and you saw the guy get shot across the street from you and you saw him get his brains blown out, that might be the thing that might put you over the top. But it's like when it's there, but you know, no one's trying to shoot you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've been here for eight years. We've been in this neighborhood for five. Kelly's found two people that were dead. She saved somebody from an overdose. Uh, those were all drug overdoses. She Narcan somebody and called a, a medic on one. Actually, she called a cop to Narcan someone on another time. And then she's found two people that mm. were just dead on the street. Wow. So, dude, it's a small city with a lot of violence. A lot of overdoses, a lot of death. I don't know. I, I don't know. When we were sitting out on the stoop, we weren't sure if they were gunshots or fireworks initially. Mm. The last time there was something going on in the park, it was gunshots on a very similar night. So we assumed maybe this is gunshots. It wasn't until people came running out screaming that I was like, you know, if anybody's trying to find someone in this crowd or like following these people, uh, they're going to come this way. So we went inside until the shooting stopped, which yeah. was 20 seconds later. I don't know. It's weird because it's one of those things that it's like, you can't live in Baltimore and be more than a mile from any major incident at least once a year. Yeah, yeah, fair. Like, it doesn't matter which part of the city you're on, east side, west side. Yeah. You know, north, south. Maybe I mean, just there was a couple of areas that you drove me through that were kind of nicer up near the, you know, past the university. But, dude, that's where muggings occur. That's where people that's get true. jacked. That's true. If you look at, like, homicide maps, it's like the whole city. Robberies, jackings. Yeah, I've looked at it. The only difference you see in the city is white people are rarely victims of any of it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's everywhere, though, too. Pretty much. Right. But as far as where it's happening, it's all over the city. Yeah, your whole city's kind of underwater with that shit, as we talked about after, after I came back. Well, it's one of those things, too, like... And I imagine this is how people feel when they live in, like, areas where there's a lot of terrorism. It's extremely infrequent, but it's there. Well, it's not infrequent where you live. It's yeah, You couldn't say it's infrequent. Well, like, that I might see something or hear something once a year. It's infrequent in the idea of like... You get, what, 300 murders a year in that city? Yeah, about 330, 350. So there's probably 1,000 shootings. I think it's, yeah, I think it's up like around 1,200. 1,200. So that's a lot of shootings in a small city. Like, so you might say, yeah, my neighborhood, it's infrequent, but it depends on... Like I said, there's a couple areas that have a few more, but... I've looked at the homicide map. There's a couple areas where bodies are really getting dropped in your city. And that can change. So, you know, you might have a dynamic of... You know, there's some sort of a territorial thing or whatever in a neighborhood for a time, and then it cools off, and then it goes somewhere else. Some other guys get into a beef, and they're going back and forth. You know, in Boston, it's pretty much always, like, the same areas, but then one area might have way more murders one year because there's some sort of a conflict in the neighborhood or whatever, or two different neighborhoods that are right next right. to each other, so. I think that there are worse parts of Baltimore than where you live, like... 
easily. You know, when I was looking for houses, I was like, which part of the city is like, you know, the quietest for that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, when you're considering where you want to live, you put it in. And uh, I couldn't find any part of the city that was like exempted. Hmm. So when you look at this map right here, right? Is this your neighborhood where I'm mousing over down here right now? That's about it. We're over there. So, wow, you're in the hot area right now. Well, that's not good. Can you zoom in on that? Sure, for you, of course. What is this, recently? Yeah, this is this year. 34 to date. Yeah, so see the one on the park at the bottom? Oh, right here, yeah. That's you guys. That's us. That's you guys. That's us. And then a little further west and north is, uh, wow, not good. Yeah, well... That's depressing. Look, it's not something I'm proud of or something I enjoy. Nah. It's it's sad. It's sad for our city. We don't live here for that. You live with it. But like I said, I mean, at this point, we don't have a lot of reaction to it. What would it take for you to say, all right, this is enough. I'm moving. I think Kelly would have to finish her stint at the health department. Sure. All right, good enough. He's staying put. And uh, we'd probably just move to another city. Because, mm. I mean, for what she does, she needs a city. She's not going to go work for some county health department. You know what I mean? No, come on. Of course not. I don't know. <laughs> they don't do anything. That sounds like a good job to me. She's out here finding dead bodies in the streets. You can work for some county health department <laughs> in a rich area. Double your pay, half the stress. If you're trying to have the biggest impact you can to the health of an environment, mm. you want to be in a place that's the least healthy, right? So. Yeah, great. Awesome. I mean, that's what she wants to do. Yeah. She's a regular Gandhi. Mother Teresa. So, listen, I'm a little older than you guys. I'm in my 40s now, Ed. When you get into your 40s, things change, and you, you might not <laughs> might not want to deal with people getting their brains blown out in the park across from your place. But, well, really? you know, again, though, it's different, though, because I'm a parent. I take that into consideration. So, living yeah. in a place like where you live is just not going to be an option for me. Well, I'll be honest. We got really lucky because I got home from that shoot film shoot yeah and kelly wanted a stoop of beer and we sat out there with a beer and you know the park was lively there's a crazy party going on mm -hmm. and i was like hey let's uh let's walk through the park and she's like i'm not going in there i got short shorts on smart <laughs> we kind of what's the expression dodged a bullet on that yeah <laughs> like literally if we had gone on that walk we'd have been in the middle of the park during it and maybe that would be different yeah but Kel had the decency to wear short shorts and the decency to not want to expose her ass to public. So here we are. Probably smart. Surviving and thriving. So I'll be back down soon. I'm going to make it back down when there's a... May not want to brag to the wife about it. <laughs> I don't care. Who's going to fucking shoot me? I'm a great guy. I'm not going in that fucking park when there's a thousand people in there. You can... Let's face it, right? You heard how many gunshots are there, right? That was, that was a lot more gunshots than I thought it was going to be. You got multiple people shooting up a giant event in a park. I'm surprised it wasn't more people dead. The sun's not even down all the way. Like the sun is setting and you got this crazy shootout in the park. Four people are shot, one is killed. Dude, if this was on the other side of town, this would have been national news. If this was like in the in the park on the east side and it was all white people playing kickball, someone went up and shot up four people, you'd have heard about it on your news. I mean, it's a mass shooting. Right, but it's not news here. And I think part of the reason it's not news here is because there's this whole thing of, well, it's not really a risk to us because it's targeted. They have this internal thing and it's all minorities and they're poor and who cares? Right, well, targeted shootings are a little different though too. Like school shootings are scary because it's kids. When there's a school shooting, though, they're also targeted, but you don't think of it as like a targeted thing. 
Like, they're like, I'm going to go kill my classmates. I mean, you know, it depends. Like, Sandy Hook, that wasn't targeted. He, that fucking sicko just was like, I'm going to go kill a bunch of kids. There's definitely a difference between spree shooting and, like, people shooting at each other. There's definitely a difference. There. Right, right, right. Which yeah. is, to be honest with you, if you're minding your own business and some psychopath walks into the grocery store and starts lighting people up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's scary either way. But if you are in that life where people tend to shoot at each other, you know the risks. What you don't understand, though, is you don't think it's going to happen to you. You don't think that one of your friends is going to get killed right in front of you. Or you don't think that you're going to get shot and then have to piss into a bag for the rest of your life. You're not thinking about that shit. You're talking about young kids. Like, these guys that got shot were 2021 and 22. Yeah. You know, think about yeah. what we were doing when we were 2021 and 22. I can't imagine getting shot and then having to shit in a bag for the rest of my life or be in a wheelchair or just every time it rains out be in severe pain because that's something that happens to people who get shot. You're thinking about you're making some fast money, selling some drugs. You're not even thinking well, about the harm that you're causing people you don't even know for sure that they're drug dealers or anything no i'm just saying people in that life that shoot at each other so you think the dude who brought an ar-15 to the park in a drug-ridden city probably wasn't a drug dealer so it's a pretty safe bet the guy he shot may not have or if you lived in one of these neighborhoods would you carry a gun you know it's tough to say it's tough to say because i mean you get into beasts with people and you're in a neighborhood where you know everyone's got guns yeah so do you strap you know what I mean? And then if... I don't know. I don't know. I've thought about that before. I don't know. And if someone pulls out on you, are you going to shoot back? Like, you start running into these questions that are outside of, like, what you or I ever grew up with, right? Right. Absolutely. I think about that stuff a lot because it's like, why do they sell drugs? Because no one will hire them. Why will no one hire them? Because they... You know what I mean? Because like, there's it's no jobs. Like, why is there no jobs? Well, yeah, I mean, we know all the Well, there's jobs, but about. still nobody's going to hire them because they're going right. to be like, oh, you didn't go to college and you're from this neighborhood and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of bullshit stacked against them but then even on top of that like dude if you live in one of those neighborhoods you may just be a target for violence just because you're an, a nerd that's true too regular teenage shit right so does the nerd get a gun well i mean you're you're not gonna slap a guy that has a gun right you start running into these scenarios where yeah people that just want to protect themselves buy them and they end up shooting people yeah it's crazy i would say if there was really an ar-15 that dude was probably in the life it's because the gun laws are so lax in the South that places like Baltimore have, you know, access to just way too many guns for what's what's going on in that city. Honestly, if I think there was investment in these communities, yeah. I don't think you'd have so many people selling drugs. I don't think you'd have so many people scared. I think they'd be more productive and like... I think you wouldn't have as many people using drugs. Well, yeah. I mean, you give people a way out, right? Whole nine, man. They estimate that every single person in this country, each person that is killed, they estimate that it's close to a million dollars to settle that for every gun homicide death. What do you mean settle it? You have funeral expenses, you have medical bills, you have police investigations. Mm. If you wrap up the total cost of a homicide in this country, it runs close to a million dollars a person. That's interesting. Never would have thought of like that. That's the burden to society. I got a book around here somewhere that's um, it's a statistical review from Johns Hopkins of gun violence in America. Like they just run the numbers in that book and the numbers are fucking crazy. Yeah. Like the cost to society for like violence that, you know, people largely ignore because they think it doesn't affect them. You know, people complain about tax money, but your tax money goes to, to pay for all that violence. That's crazy. You know, it's always a crazy one is when they talk about what the cost is to keep someone incarcerated year after year. And it's very high. It's like cost like 30 grand. And then you hear about how shitty prison conditions are. And it's like, right. These people are eating like substandard food. You're keeping them in horrible living conditions, which are not 
you know, you can say what you want. Oh, this guy's a bad guy. He deserved to go to jail. Whatever. I'm not making a judgment call on any of that shit right now. But it's just, you know that when people yeah. land in jail, they'll put you in solitary confinement. There's roaches and rats all over the place. They, you know, you hear a lot of people say in most jails, the food's inedible. The living conditions are bad. It's like, how the fuck is that 30 to 40 grand a year or 50 grand or whatever it is now? I mean. And that's all taxpayer money. Oh, it's crazy. Private, state, federal, prisons. I mean, that's all tax money. Yeah, that's crazy. So you could be paying people to not commit crimes for probably a tenth of that don't you wish you could choose where your tax dollars go to all fucking day let the conservatives pay for the jail i would choose not to pay like you pay taxes you get your check i'm not mad about taxes because i understand to keep this place going people are gonna have to pay for it i get it it sucks do i feel like i'm overtaxed yeah i do when i see the amount of money that i pay every week and i'm like what the fuck do i get for this well you don't get anything for it that's the real crime no it shouldn't i get to choose where my tax money goes no uh we got 30 buckets you pick the 10 that you want your tax money to go to. I'd be cool with that. Do you see what I'm saying? Like the idea of what I'm saying? Like on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, no, because Well, no one would pay for poor neighborhoods. That's a fact. Philanthropists, they make this argument all the time where they go, yeah, I don't pay taxes, but I give all this money to charity. Sure. The scam is they're giving money to the things that they feel like they want to give them to. Right. right? So and my thing is I'm saying I want to pay taxes, but what I don't want to pay for is privatized prisons. I don't want my taxes yeah. to go to that. I Instead of locking people up, I want my tax dollars to go towards educating people that are disadvantaged. I want my daughter's school to be really good. Yeah. It, it, they could say, do you want to put your taxes towards the Malden police or towards your daughter's school? I'd say, take all that Malden cop money and put it towards my daughter's school. Yeah. I would like the choice. I'm going to pay taxes. I'm not complaining about that. We should pay taxes. Everyone should pay a fair amount. So what's fair to one person and to another, we could be here until 11 o'clock at night. I feel like I should only have to pay $40 a week federal and $17 a week state. And I think that would be fair. I think that's fair. I feel like everybody could pay 40 a week. 40 bucks. I would spend out the ass for infrastructure and a jobs program. As someone who drives a lot, I drive yeah. over a lot of bridges, I drive through a lot of tunnels. It scares the shit out of me that there's reports that are like 5,000 US bridges may collapse or imminent of collapse. And we're like, nah, we don't wanna spend money on that. Yeah, it's crazy. A bridge collapses in say Minnesota, right? Like that giant highway that collapsed. And people just go, yeah, that's Minnesota. But it's not. It's yeah. nationwide catastrophe. All these bridges were built in the 40s. Right. You're going to drive over a bridge or be in a tunnel someday, and it's going to fail. You know what's funny, though? Don't you think a bridge should last more than 80 years? No. It's made out of cement, dude. How long does the road in front of your house last? Haven't they figured out something better to make bridges out of yet? That's, see, that's, no. that's the fucking crazy thing. No. In some ways, no. technology has gotten so much better. Your phone, all this shit. And then when it comes to other things, it's like, it's not, it's like we're still living in the 1940s. Like, yeah, just put some cement in there. Yeah, we'll just build another one. And I'm still worried when I drive through an old city like New York. I'm like, some of these buildings must be about ready to fall. Just you, from like... You uh, you worry a lot, huh? Well, I mean, dude, you know, this uh, this aging infrastructure is all around you. It's just a matter of time till something just collapses. Somebody died in a tunnel up here a couple of years ago. The fucking... Well, that's when they were building it. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy because it's like... They did 
didn't even have to finish the thing before it started falling apart. That's your, that, exactly, good point, Ed. I couldn't get home that night. I was working down at Fenway when that happened. Yep. They closed the tunnel. I had to go through uh, Malden. I'm just kind of convinced that people our age are just getting the worst of everything. We've got domestic terrorism. We have wars that have never fucking ended. Uh, we just had a pandemic, which they have every fucking hundred years. All the buildings need to get rebuilt. We have the worst fucking politicians. The boomers won't fucking hang it up. Cost of college is through the fucking roof. So in 10 years or so, give or take, when people our age are starting to have kids that are going off to college, we're just going to be taking out more fucking loans after we probably just paid off our own student loans. We're just getting the fucking worst of everything. Most people are not paying off their student loans. That's going to collapse the economy again. Yeah, fuck it. This whole thing about loan forgiveness, they're not talking about that because they think your individuals out there need it. They're talking about it because they're fully aware that it's going to cause another chain reaction on Wall street the way the housing market did and it's gonna sink the whole fucking ship again and they're gonna have to buy out every bank again yep but they act like oh no yeah it'd be good to give these kids a ten thousand dollar break it's like dude the kid owes about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. the 10 grand's not gonna help that's the funniest shit was when they were like uh yeah we're gonna reduce everyone's student loans by 10 percent. it's like kid owes two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> like it doesn't they're just gonna put that on the top you take it from the bottom and you put it on the top <laughs> Hey, we're going to put that on your compounded interest. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you think they'll ever wipe the student loan debt? Yeah, when the economy collapses because of it. I and mean, how far off are we from that? Uh, well, it could happen tomorrow. I mean, or... You got to remember, so they were worried about this, uh, what was it, 10 years ago? Yeah, this is not new. 10 years ago, they came up with the most brilliant plan ever to make sure that nobody defaulted. They made it impossible to bankrupt student loans. Right. So you can't default on them by law. <laughs> right. So that was their big solution. They're like, oh, these kids are never going to make enough money to pay these back. We got to do something. And they were like, just say that they have to. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, that whole thing is going to melt down at some point. I would guess that's it's got to be in the next 10 years. I mean, yeah. the way they're trying to do student loan forgiveness constantly. Somebody's already crunched the numbers and it probably looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. Have a bad business experience? Don't go to Yelp or Google. Take it straight to us at the Better Business Bureau. In the business, making it right for consumers for well over a hundred years, the BBB is here to kick ass and take names when it comes to doing what's right for the customer. Pizza guy, forget your mozzarella sticks again. B -b -b Nail salon, cut your cuticle. B -b -b Movers not show up. B -b -b Here for all your venting needs, the Better Business Bureau is a private, non-profit organization whose self-described mission is to focus on advancing marketplace trust. And you can trust. We'll make it right. Find out more today on bbb.org. Start with trust. On the topic of things that are going to destroy the economy, the housing market up here is fucking bonkers. I'm sure you've talked to other people who live in, like, the metro Boston, New England area. There's a shortage of houses. It was already getting bad, but then for some reason, when the pandemic hit, everyone just decided they wanted to buy a house. They didn't want to rent anymore. So there's all these people. Mm -hmm. There's a mass exodus out of the city. The rental market is, like, all fucked up right now, and there's a total shortage of houses. And I talked to several people, and they're just like, yeah, 
I put in offers on seven, eight different houses. Let's say the house was 700000 They were like, I offered seven twenty. Somebody came down and offered eight cash and waived the inspection. Yeah. And this is a common thing that's happening everywhere. I guess there's a thing called like a mortgage contingency, and people are waiving that. You know, saying that uh, they're going to go off the pre-approval, and if their mortgage falls through, they're going to get the money to you one way or another. Wow. I heard about somebody the other day that bought a house that was out of their means... And this was someone like in my brother-in-law's network, so I assume they were a pretty smart person. Uh, maxed out, the family maxed out all their credit cards and drained their 401ks just to buy a house. Because they had to have a house right now. Wow. I think you have multiple things going on. For one, the pandemic has made construction costs astronomical. Mm -hmm. Like construction materials and construction labor are now almost double what they were before the pandemic. I actually talked to one of my clients who's a contractor about this very problem. But then... There's this other thing where, like, I don't know how often you stay at Airbnbs, but, dude, like, every Airbnb I stay at is somebody's other house or their third house or their fourth house. Yes. They have Airbnb-only houses that they occasionally vacation at themselves. But, like, right. Airbnb has made this whole market of people to have multiple houses. I know a number of people in this city that we're friends with that own three or four rental properties. And it's like, why'd you buy a rental property? And they're like, because houses are so cheap and rent's so high, you make a fortune on it. So people have bought up all the houses and it's expensive to build new ones. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a real crisis. The housing market shortage is all across the country. Yeah. One of my coworkers has a condo in Pensacola. He bought it for $300,000 10 years ago. He just sold it for nine fifty. dollars a condo crazy must be a nice condo no it's a regular it was 300 grand when he bought it the first time it's in a small and how many years ago did he buy it like 10 wow i'm sure it's a nice place but it just shows how much inflation is there it's crazy dude our whole neighborhood keeps going up in value like i don't think you have to gentrify anywhere right now because i think anyone that doesn't have any money is going to get screwed anyways yeah rent's going up housing's going, like i don't i don't get it man because wages wages are largely stagnant and you got everything is just going up on people like it, yes dude it's going to be miserable the next few years for people is going to be really hard yep so you're entering the housing market <laughs> <laughs> no, no, fuck that. I'm going to keep running. You know, I've been looking for a place. So they tried to push our rent to three grand a month in a building that's had two major fires in the last fucking year. And this building has been totally mismanaged the last year. They've lost all the good staff. Yeah. Maybe eight months. And at one point, you know, we had a package room. We're on a main street in a city. And for some reason, the building didn't have internet for over two months. And the packages were just getting delivered to the lobby. And the people in the front office were just sorting them out instead of getting the mailroom fix so that people could put it in a secured locker and send you a code and you're gonna raise my fucking rent wow. and raise the price of my parking space which i've already had for three years when half this building already left and they're renting out apartments to new tenants for like five to seven hundred dollars less than what we're already paying and you're gonna raise my rent again you go fuck yourself fuck that i'm getting the fuck out of here i'm working with a real estate agent she was like the housing market's crazy right now she's like the money's cheap to borrow but the prices are so out of control that it's coming out in a wash it's a seller's market Right. Several of my clients who are real estate agents were just like, did you end up trying to get a house? And I was like, no. And they were like, don't wait. Yeah. People in the industry are telling you, wait. I'll tell you what, the housing market is probably going to eat shit in the next year. Oh, 100%. And I'll be there to buy something when it happens. COVID made a very weird scenario where a lot of people got by, a lot of people got these extra checks. 
They didn't really need them. There's a lot of people that are just getting by, but you had a lot of people with expendable money that they wouldn't normally have. Mm -hmm. There was nothing to spend it on. Dude, Home Depot and Lowe's sold tons of money as people fixed up their houses. Right. And they were able to fix up their houses because they're sitting at home. They're not going out to dinner. They're just stackpiling money. Like I think um, a lot of people weren't on vacation last year, which was a huge thing. No vacations, no eating out, no going to bars. Like, all that shit freezes. A lot of those people, they're already well off. They're making money at home if they're just under a hundred thousand they got a bunch of stimulus money on top of it like there were a lot of people that were flush and a lot of people that are outright starving right, right. i mean it's a horrible inequitable situation i'm not gonna lie i've been in a pinch the last five months of course you have been i also changed my pay structure so now i'm a w-2 employee so before the thing that would get me into hot waters i'd be like i need money today i'll put the taxes aside next time right and then you get three weeks behind on your taxes well now i don't do that but now i don't have that upfront cash so how many months were you out of work this year? Three? Four? Oh, I was out of work for like six, about eight weeks, I think. No, it was more than that. I was out from, um... Because you had some intermittent weeks in there, too. Oh, yeah. I probably lost about three months worth of work. Yeah, that's tough, man. And I was able to collect, but it was like, it's, it's a fraction. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. The only thing that saved me was, you know, we had some savings. And then when they finally got the unemployment out, it was retroactive. So I would get a big check. A couple of times I got a big check. And then a couple of times they realized they weren't giving me enough for unemployment. So then I got another big check. And that kind of helped out. Then you get back to work. This is something that's interesting, right? We got back to work. We got flooded with clients. And that might sound a little bitter or whatever here or whatever, but fuck it. I'm just going to tell people how I feel. This is my podcast. So I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I felt like a lot of people were so fucking selfish this year. Same people that would hit me up and ask me if I can squeeze them in. Oh, do you have anything? Can you stay late? Can you come in early? People that weren't tipping me that crazy that I used to be like, well, I like the guy. I don't, you know, I don't really care. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I have so many people that I just like haven't fucking seen. And then I have some people that have messaged me and said hey i'm finally vaccinated i'll be coming in to see you soon and it's like hey great um you know what? i've had to pay my bills for the last year you know like yeah. <laughs> it's like i don't have a salary job i have a sale you know it's a sales job it's a commission job and I'm not complaining about that because I'm not complaining about it the weeks when I make more money than everybody. But right. I feel like I make that money because I stay in work. I take extra clients. I work six days a week a lot of the time. On top of that, I'm managing the shop. Anything extra, education, traveling to further my career. Shit like that. It's, it's a lot, you know? And then a lot of people just like didn't come in. They were like, oh, I understand it's a pandemic, but I still have to make money. And the thing that yeah. really would fucking get under my skin was when I'd hear people and be like, just stay home. Just stay home. Why are you going anywhere? just stay home it's like yeah it's a pandemic i understand that a lot of people were like i don't want to eat indoors i think you did it right where you were like i'm gonna hit takeout i'm gonna tip these people 40 percent. yeah i think at a minimum i think that's something that people should have done but it's like oh just stay home just stay home like yeah, i remember one time i got a i tested and i tested negative and i was telling someone and they said well you could have gotten a false negative i'm like so what i'm supposed to stay home for two weeks right it's like you get paid whether you go to work or you don't go to work so shut the fuck up you know like it, it was it was really frustrating it was frustrating it was downright fucking frustrating at some points this year. I was kind of prepared for it, and, I, and I'm built for this shit. But just hearing the bullshit coming out of people's mouths that are not in your fucking shoes telling you what you should do. Right. Or telling other people, oh, just stay home. Why do you need a haircut? You're working from home. Maybe you would need a fucking haircut because if you liked that barber or hairdresser that much that you like to go to every three to five weeks and you still want them to be in the profession when you're ready to come get a haircut again, right. maybe you should go in there and wear a fucking mask. And if your barber isn't smart enough to wear a fucking mask, go find a new barber. 
I've had so many people that just bailed on me this year. You know, like, people I would come in early for, and it's like, what, you think I'm not wearing a mask in here? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's tough, you know? It's crazy. It's tough. It, and I get it. I do get it. It's tough. But I'm just speaking from my own perspective, you know? Right, but, you know, for some people, I mean, some people got health concerns where they know that, dude, if you have diabetes, you may not survive COVID. You know I, I, mean? I understand that. I understand that. Right. I totally get it. But I'm talking about people who that don't have anything, because there's a lot of those motherfuckers too. It's really fucked. I know. Here's the thing. I totally get it. My sister has fucking cancer. My grandmother is 92 years old. My parents are in their 70s. I get it. I totally fucking get it. I have family members, my side of the family, my wife's side of the family that have health complications. I get it. My rent didn't stop. That's all I'm saying. No, I know. I know. So a lot of people can suck my fucking dick. <laughs> What I am getting at, though, is, uh, dude, the American economy, this has been known for a long time. The majority of the American economy is now in the service industry. Yeah. And the majority of the service industry is in-face, person-to-person. Mano-a-mano. Hotels, restaurants, barbershops, salons. Waitresses. All of it. But, dude, if you were a waitress, you'd have been out of work the entire time. If you're a yeah. bartender, you, yeah. you'd have been out of work all the time. If uh, One of my clients is a stagehand, production, you know, theater dude. stuff. He's like... I been out of work theaters theaters are dead movie theaters are dead dead i got a lot of friends in film film has been dead like yep every service industry just ate shit the vaccination man i can't believe how fast shit's been getting going again because like dude with the vaccinations out now like everything's opening like everything is opening yeah now that like i think 50 percent of u.s adults are now vaccinated at least their first shot good everything is opening open it up open it up open it up it's time to open it up it's we can't hide forever i'm not trying to sound like trump or joe rogan but it, we're at the point where you can't stay in your house forever like you can't if you live in baltimore you cannot stay in the house forever somebody's gonna get fucking shot what are you gonna do stay in your fucking house forever no you still gotta go to the grocery store you're still gonna go to the park yeah it sucks but it, this is what it is you know like anybody concerned about it at this point needs to go get vaccinated mm -hmm. and if you're vaccinated you gotta start hanging up your concerns yeah i'll tell you right now on friday we went to dinner for the first time indoors i took kelly out we went to a place and she's like, why are we going to eat indoors? And I'm like, because we're vaccinated and because we need to. Like, we need to embrace that, right? We need to be out. Yep. And I was like, uh, I guarantee the meal they make us is going to be better than any takeout. 100%. Or any food we cooked at home in the past year. And let's, let's go do it. So we went to a nice restaurant and we had an awesome meal. But I intentionally brought her to a place I knew would be very low key, not a ton of people inside. Not that they have things down to minimal capacity just i know this place doesn't have a lot of like tables right so we did all that but like she's very uncomfortable with it because we've been locked down for a year you know like the mentality's there so i i want to say this i think from a mental health perspective somebody like me who's had to be out here on the front lines facing covid every day who's a covid survivor oh, yeah. i think mentally i'm a lot healthier than a lot of people like, yeah, I'm a little frustrated right now. I, I, I'm going to be honest about it that I think a lot of people just kind of bailed on me last year who relied on me when when you need me because you forgot to schedule your haircut and you're going on vacation or you have a wedding and I stay late for you, that's fine. But when you want to be politically correct and not go to the barbershop, then I don't see you. I don't hear from you. I don't see you. It's like I'm dead. You know, fuck off. That's just how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then to my clients that have stuck with me, that have helped keep the shop open, to my clients that were sending me money when we were shut down, say, hey, I should have been in the shop this week. 
want to let you know I'm thinking wow. about you. I hope you're doing all right. And a lot of people did that. You know, and That's I wild. I hold those people in a special place. Like, I really do. I think that there's a, a little bit of a COVID status thing. I'm the most compliant with uh, CDC Fauci shit. It's a little bit of a status thing where you see people, they're vaccinated, and they're still wearing two masks. It's like, yeah. you don't need to do that anymore. It is now okay right. here not to wear a mask outdoors if you can socially distance. Right. And no one's doing it. People are still just afraid to take their masks off. Yeah. And I think it's more of the social stigma to be honest with you i shot a short film this weekend i ran cinematography on it and i had told the people that were making that film this was a film i was supposed to shoot last year and when the pandemic started they asked me they said when would you be willing to shoot this with the pandemic starting and i was yeah. like either the pandemic ends or i'm vaccinated and the majority of the people are vaccinated i don't want to spread it i don't want to be part of spreading it sure things need to be like cleaning up and even a month ago when i was scheduling my vaccines i didn't think i was going to do it because i was like look just because i'm vaccinated isn't necessarily going to mean i can't spread it or have it or whatever but reading all the like news and science on it in the past few weeks the result has been people that are vaccinated do not appear to be spreading it right so then i was like fuck it yeah i'll come shoot your film so i shot it last minute and it was fun you know well i destroyed my body because i haven't exercised in a year it's time it's time <laughs> it's time to get back on the kettlebells i want to go to skiers when i come back to baltimore <laughs> you want to start a new pandemic <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i want to do you're gonna start a herpes pandemic or whatever <laughs> the whole county got syphilis everybody got chlamydia thank god for penicillin we're going to skeeters that's it's gonna happen skeet skeet skeeters i hope they're open by the time we get back i'm not saying we're going to skeeters at fucking two in the morning we could go at four yeah how bad could it how bad could it be oh it's not gonna be bad dude dude crackheads are not much of a problem you just tell them to fuck off yeah you buy them around tell them to fuck off just so we're up to date, Skeeters is a bar in, in Morrow Park. Your favorite neighborhood on earth. Yeah, just to be clear, a guy on a motorcycle did a drive-by last week and shot off six rounds driving through that little strip I showed you just by Skeeters, trying to shoot at somebody. Yeah. But aside from that, it's pretty peaceful over there. What is the, the conviction rate in Baltimore? Because that might be part of the problem, too. If people are like, they only solve 5% of the murders out here. They don't solve anything. Yeah, exactly. That's why they're always planting all that evidence. Like, we need somebody to go to jail, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I hate to say it, man, but dude, if you're at a party and there's a thousand people like in the park and you're shooting off a gun and you leave and nobody tells anyone who you were, how the fuck are they going to prove anything? What are they going to have, DNA? No, they don't. That is that is a big part of the reason that... Fingerprints? That is, and this is a fact. That's a big part of the reason that gang shootings and shootings in urban areas in general have such a hard conviction rate. Beyond the fact that, you know, the neighbors generally won't cooperate with the police, is that there's a total lack of DNA evidence. One person is shooting at another person from a few feet away. If they grab the shell casing, then forget it. You got nothing. There's no DNA. There's no sign of a struggle. Generally, it's going to be two black guys shooting at each other, two white guys shooting at each other, two Spanish guys shooting at each other, because that's who fights with each other. It's people of their own ethnicity in their own demographic. I think a large portion in this country of violence is a husband or wife trying to kill the other. Right, but those are the crimes that get convicted, because those are largely indoors. Yeah, yeah. Some fucking piece of shit just killed two women in Dorchester last week. He stabbed them to death in front of two kids. They got him in custody within the hour. Yeah. I guarantee you there's been a gang shooting 
anything in Boston since then. They have no idea who the actual shooter was. That's hard. You might have an idea. You might know what neighborhood shot the other neighborhood, but you don't know who. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, he was five foot nine, 130 to 180 pounds, and he was wearing a black hoodie, black jeans, and a black hat. Yeah, good fucking luck. How, how are you going to catch that guy? There's no DNA. There's literally nothing. Like I know a lot of people have been bitching about it, but like um, all these home security cameras pointed at the streets that people have to watch their cars or whatever, that keep observing shit. Most of the homicides that happen on streets in the city, those are what have been solving them. And I know there's a backlash like ring invades your privacy, they share your shit with the police and all this stuff, but at the same time, like there's real homicides getting solved by those in some of these tough for cities well something else that solves a lot of homicides in crime street crime is dumbass high school kids and people in their 20s documenting crimes that they've done and sending it to each other on snapchat wow and they think because snapchat the video disappears or like an instagram video that it disappears that it's off the server and the first yeah. thing and this is a fact because i've talked to someone in law enforcement that they do is they subpoena the social media accounts they don't need your phone anymore right people are like oh apple won't give up the phone the data blah 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 they don't need it they can just go right to snapchat and snapchat sends over the encrypted data technology foibles are adorable why would you shoot someone and then send a message saying yeah it's done to your gang leader on snapchat dunzo <laughs> Figure out a new way to do it. You're out of here. Dude, Matt Gates was paying this guy, this other politician in Florida, he was paying him via Venmo. The guy was taking the money Matt Gates was sending him and Venmoing sugar babies directly for the payment for the sex they were having with them, including a 17-year-old girl. Venmo trails. Dude, if you're not careful on Venmo, everything you pay people on there is public. <laughs> That's crazy. Let alone logged by a corporation. Oh, my Venmo's on private. I, I hate that Venmo has turned <laughs> sending money to people into a social media thing. You have to put in a note. Get out of here. Why can't I just send you five bucks? Because it gets people to send more money. It's crazy. They love flaunting it. It's they crazy. love it. It's crazy. Uh, dude, another another amazing fucking technology foible. In 2015, Baltimore had all our incidents, our riots, our uprisings, our police backlash, all the shit around Freddie Gray. Um, rightfully so. Rightfully. Yeah. But we had all this commotion. And one of the things that they did to try to alleviate public concern is they gave all the police body cameras. So not six months later, somebody's going to jail for having like crack in their car and they tell their lawyer that cop planted it there and the lawyer goes, all right, well, let me see the body camera footage. I wanna see how they discovered this crack in the car. What the police were unaware of is when they press the button on their body camera that they're gonna stop somebody or whatever, when they activate their body camera, it's actually been recording the whole time. Right. And it starts 30 seconds earlier than when you press the button. So you press the button, it's already got the first 30 seconds before you pressed it. So like if someone shoots you, you press it, it's already got them shooting you, right? Like it's like a, a safety thing. So anyways, so like it's always recording, but when you press the button, it actually starts logging it. I gotcha. So this lawyer gets curious just to see where, like, I want to see how the police handled this evidence, right? I want to see if it was in a weird place where it would have been fraudulent or whatever. So he requests to view the body camera. Police department has no problem handing it over. They're like, yeah, of course, here, take it. You know, our cops have nothing to hide. <laughs> and uh, so they hand over the footage to the lawyer the lawyer is the first person to review the footage he watches as the cop plants the evidence in the car turns on their body camera and then finds it 
that's not the worst part. So that that lawyer makes the papers. He goes, you guys got to see this video. The video goes public. Police planting evidence. The cop gets fired. There's an internal investigation. Cops should go to jail. Not the very next day, another lawyer was like, oh yeah, we didn't do that. Let's review our footage. And I'm sure every lawyer in the city started reviewing the footage. Another lawyer that week reviewing his client's footage also captured police planting evidence. A different cop. A different cop. So dude, I'm in jury duty like, I don't know, eight months later. And they're always like, is there any reason why you guys don't trust the police? And I'm like, are you guys following the gun trace task force crimes that are national news right now? Or are you guys aware of the fact that we just had two cops caught planting evidence with their body cameras just like a few months ago? Like, why would anyone in the city trust the police? Like, what chance have they ever given us to trust them? Like, why would you? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's absurd. Did you uh, did you pick up that book, by the way? There's a new book on the uh, Baltimore Gun Trace Task Force here. No, should I? Oh, yeah. They're going to make an HBO uh, program about it. Ooh, is it on Amazon? Because I'll buy it right now. Yeah. What's the name of it? We Own the City. We Own the City. The next Baltimore HBO crime series is going to be based on that. And it's all about the corruption in the Baltimore City Police Department. You of all people will enjoy that read. Is it by Justin Fenton? Yes. He's a Baltimore Sun reporter, similar to how uh, David Simon was when he wrote Homicide. Is it a true story of crime, cops, and corruption? <laughs> Could be. Here we go. I was looking for something to read for pleasure anyway since I finished Pimp by Iceberg Slim. Oh yeah, that definitely had an effect on you, that pimp book. <laughs> Look here, motherfucker. The thing with the city, and like, I get it. Like, when you talk to people in the city, they wish that people would make movies and films and TV shows and books about like the better sides of Baltimore. And like, you know firsthand, there's some really awesome parts of Baltimore and like things going on here. And people always want to know about those things. But like, we have corruption in the city that is wild. I mean, really, it's fascinating. Police corruption, police violence, police crime. Dude, our last mayor is in federal prison. Like, this city is... It's a hot spot for fucking grift stories from politicians and people in power. I get that they're worn out on, like, the drug sagas and all that, but, like... Really, there's a lot of corruption here. Well, I think that all that shit kind of goes hand in hand, no? Like... Absolutely. You got a city with a lot of crime. Look at Clay Davis on the wire. He was corrupt as it came. Well, I think there's an opportunity, too. When people are desperate for, like, improvement, I think there's a lot of wiggle room to cheat them. Yeah. Well, look at Buddy Cianci. That guy did a lot for the city of Providence, but at the same time, he was corrupt. He was violent. Yeah. Did two stints in jail. You know, I mean... At the end of the day, though, what did he do aside from greenlight a mall? Well, he fixed up the whole downtown. Providence basically looked like Fall River when we were kids. But a lot of that downtown stuff was built into the money that they got from the mall, right? The problem was is that he basically put the entire redevelopment of Providence on a credit card. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't have the money to pay the bill. On one hand, he really did fix up the city, made it a lot nicer. Providence was kind of a dump in the 80s when we were little, and then through the early 90s, it was, it was pretty rough. And then Buddy Cianci really did kind of fix the place up, but at the same time, at, at what cost, you know, so. Providence still stands as one of my favorite cities in the U.S. Well, tell me your top three things that you like about Providence, since you like it so much. The number one thing about Providence is... Mm -hmm. Start with the number three thing, and then work your way down. All right, let me try to reverse everything. Yeah, we're going to uh, do the David Letterman top ten. Okay. Yeah, you didn't uh, like that. 
Tonight's episode, Providence, Rhode Island. The number three thing about Providence is it's a city that still has an art scene. It still has somewhat of a thriving art community, if not in like the actual Providence area in the Providence metro area, like Pawtucket, like some of the poorer parts. It's still got thriving art there, which is awesome. Yeah, and you got RISD, so it's a... RISD is... Eh. <laughs> it doesn't produce a lot of artists. The artists that go there are largely well-to-do. It produced Shepard Fairey, so... It produced my grandmother. She went to RISD. My grandmother went to RISD and designed wallpaper. Nice. But still, uh, art schools never impressed me. I'm more interested in, like, the actual art scene. Like, does your city... Number two! His number two favorite thing about <laughs> Providence. <laughs> number two is the fact that it's a very small city. Same thing I like about Baltimore. Area-wise, it's very condensed. When I lived in Boston, one of the frustrating things is, like, there was always something happening in the neighborhood you weren't in. In the neighborhood you weren't in was like a 40-minute train ride or you had to drive or like, it's too big. Like, Boston is really five cities. It's really frustrating. Uh, actually, it's kind of funny because Boston, a lot of people come up here and say it's too small, but. Well, Boston proper is small, but when you get into like the actual Boston area, it's very large. And when you meet people in Boston, they're all over the fucking place. All over the place. I don't know. I found it to be a little bit too sparse, too dispersed. Did you feel like a uh, small fish in a big pond when you lived in Boston? I felt like a fish that needed to take the fucking metro or drive to everywhere I was going. The metro. <laughs> you took the T when you lived in Boston. You didn't take the metro. You're not in fucking London or wherever you think you are, the metro. Tar tar. You took the T when you were in Boston, laddie. All right, I'll put it in my notes. Can you put a drum roll in here? Uh, yeah, I'll add it in post. <laughs> favorite thing about providence the number one thing about providence is the culinary variety in the small vicinity that it is johnson and wales pumps out restaurant auteurs and they start these small restaurants they last for maybe five or ten years they close they start other restaurants I would say the food in Providence is better than any other small city in the entire country. Well, you know, I'm never impressed with culinary arts schools. <laughs> I'm impressed with all the chefs around in the poor areas that just start up restaurants in their own kitchen and have people come over. What do you think about the food in Providence? It's good. It's good. I like it. You know, I, I got to tell you, I like Providence. I'm tied to Providence pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been to a ton of, like, restaurants in Providence. Cov is Fucking lights out. Amazing restaurant. Yeah. East Side Pockets. I mean, that place should have a Michelin star. Yeah. Um, Apollo Sushi, where it was the first place I ever got sushi. I think I was actually with you off Wicked Inn. That was always good. You know, Spikes. Yeah. Spikes is the only three-star Michelin-rated hot dog joint. That's a lie. I'm making that up. I don't know. I haven't spent much time in Providence in the past decade, but I would say... Um... You just So you just shot yourself in the foot with all no, these... No, 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 no. No. So, like, I'm just saying, the restaurants there change fast. So there's restaurants there that were not there when I was there. There's a lot of shit that shut down. I don't know what's current there. Mm -hmm. Dude, Red Stripe, the waterfront. Milk and Honey. I went to Milk and Honey last winter. Not this winter, but the, right before the shutdown. Milk and Honey fucks. What is Milk and Honey? It's tapas style. I wouldn't say it's tapas. It's a little bit more American. But it's like small shared plates. Sick. Sick. So sick. 
the whole time I live there, anytime I've gone back, every time I go to a restaurant, like in my brother's neighborhood, you got Julian's and some other places. Like they're very small restaurants. There's just a crazy variety. I think they have the most variety of food in Cat any seaweeds. City. Not a restaurant, but awesome. But just for a small city, I think it's got definitely per area per capita. I think it's got the most good restaurants in the country. Why don't you move to Providence? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sign this guy off. Let's get out of here. Sign it off. Sign it off, y'all. Sign it off, y'all. <laughs> well, Sign, it off, y'all. Sign it off, y'all. Uh, Sign it off. Sign it off. Did I tell you? Yeah, I tell you. Yeah.